0: Cycles and Misfits, coming to you from sunny Portland, Oregon, (laughs) USA. (laughs) Not really sunny, but not raining at the moment, so we are happy about that.
1: This is not a natural state of affairs for Portland, Oregon. Rain is never far away, but why are we here, Liza?
0: It's the one show.
1: It is the one show. Every year, this show gets bigger and bigger. And we, as Misfits, are growing with the show. Why is that?
0: Well, we got the Misfits Lounge this year. And <laughs> I know. I, this uh, my no, just, I'm going to stop you there. It is
1: the Misfits Deluxe Lounge. Yes.
0: But better than that.
1: Well, what makes this a very special show for me is there are so many of us who are contributing to the show. Ellie, um, one of our newer Misfits, she's working the door. Yeah. Lila. They're exhibiting artwork in the show. Mikey three times. We don't call him three times for nothing. He's exhibiting three bikes. Yeah. Michael McCarthy, long-time misfit. He's got his Sportster Cafe Racer right here at the show, and I brought up the Purple Trident as well. So we've got exhibits. We've got the lounge. We've got Liza. We've got Stumpy John. We've got Mrs. Stumpy. Bagel. Bagel bagel is coming up um marie is coming up and yeah. freya so it's a misfits cornucopia.
0: so um this is just the first day here i wanted to get your first impressions you've been here before but what's changed what do you notice it's just
1: so much bigger. I mean, we're, it's the second year for the Zydel Yards. This has to be the best venue for a motorcycle show in the whole of it. Maybe in the world.
0: It's not a one show unless there's a chance of getting uh, tetanus.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's the important thing about the one show, is it's a very big show. It's very well organized. But certainly in the venue, there's this little bit of grubbiness that we all like. Mm-hmm. And there's rusty machinery here. It's every inch of the industrial space. And it suits bikes so well.
0: Yeah, there's um, also they've added cars and trucks behind us. Absolutely. There
1: are some really, really good looking cars all the way behind us, some custom trucks too front and center is always going to be the custom bikes and the artwork though and i cannot tell you how happy i am that we are contributing to it
0: yeah we, we brought ba- just we brought bananas <laughs> we
1: yeah we brought night bananas come and visit us get a night banana
0: um i'm really looking forward to it let's get some interviews done there's a lot of cool things here there's bikes i've never seen before there have even more uh, stunt shows. Last year we interviewed the drill team. Right. They have stunt riders. They've got more food, more vendors, more everything. I'm really excited.
1: You know what's next on the list for me? I've got to go and use the restroom. I need to go pee.
0: Thank you for that. <laughs> Too much information. All right, let's go check it out.
2: He had a brother who was a Washington State trooper. I oh. oh. A motor cop. And he also did the Wall of Death at carnivals. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. Yeah, You know,
3: the big circle. Yeah, I remember those as a kid. I used to come to town.
0: There you go. Hi. All right, so I'm here with Stumpy John. Yes. So, John, this is your first time at the One Show. You've been here about an hour. Just first impressions of the One Show. What do you think?
4: Well, I'm standing right next to a shaggin' wagon, so (laughs) it can't be too bad. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's a, it's, a, it's a neat eclectic mix of all different kinds of motorcycles, uh, except for Harleys a whole lot, but that's good. Um,
0: well, there's a whole I mean, chopper there's, section. There's choppers, right? but
4: I like seeing other choppers that aren't just Harley choppers, yeah. so that's, that's kind of fun to see. And it's a, um, it's a very cool vibe. Everyone's friendly. It's, uh, it's all about the motorcycles, and, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to just uh, experience this for the next day or two and just really get in.
0: What do you think makes this a unique show?
4: It's focused on builders. Um, it's not, and it's it seems to be focused more on builders, but rideable bikes, um, mostly. Not all, not totally, but mostly. You know, like, I'm looking at some dirt bikes right now that were built. I'm looking at Emma's Trident. You know, I'm looking at an old YZ. I'm looking at a, a Triumph. You know, so there's just this broad mix of bikes. Everything seems to be rideable, and most of it obviously has been, been done by individuals who are, uh, who are, are really excellent hobbyists.
0: Now there's things other than bikes here, and I know this can be overwhelming. Well, you're wagon. still, well, you're still absorbing it. <laughs> what other things have you noticed?
4: Oh, the artwork has been great so far. The yes,
0: season. there's artwork hanging everywhere. Yeah, all
4: different kinds of artwork and uh, photography. You know, um, Lila brought uh, their photography with them. And
0: uh, yeah, about and you, food, you tried out the food. How yeah.
4: was it? Well, they had a killer biscuit. I was telling you about that. It's a, <laughs> it's a chicken biscuit with bacon and just awesome gravy, and it has no calories, and it's awesome.
0: I know. There's still so much to see, but yeah. what, what? I mean, is this going to be a return visit for you?
4: Yeah, it w- absolutely will be because I, I haven't experienced anything quite with this vibe. It's like um, it's like a, it's like a very hipster vintage motorcycle days.
0: Yeah, you're looking very hipster in your uh, your <laughs> knit hat you got. I know, because my head is cold. Hey, I am here with Matt from the Numb Nuts Challenge.
5: I'm here. Hi, everybody.
0: Matt, this is your first time here at One Show.
5: This is my first time at the One Show. Yeah, I drove up from the Bay Area to come up to Portland and check it out. And man, this is unlike anything I've ever seen before.
0: So I want to get first impressions when you first come in. What, what? I mean, what did you gather? What it How did? What? Were, what hit you?
5: The first thing I realized was just the scale, the sheer scale of everything. There's so it's it's a big space that goes forever.
0: Describe the building. And it's it's a
5: big. Uh, almost a warehouse kind of open space, tall ceilings.
0: So you don't know what this building was.
5: It was a like a barge building or a boat repair. Yeah, it was building. a shipyard, ship yeah.
0: and they have these giant. It's a very tall ceiling. Yeah. giant cranes for moving the, the parts yeah, around. Yeah, big
5: cranes, um, tracks on the ground for the for the cr- cranes to travel on. Um, just, just imagine a giant cave. Like it it's just echoes with everything.
0: Girders and machinery, but in the middle of it.
5: In the middle of it is every kind of motorcycle you could think of ever see, and they're all fantastic examples. It's it's wild. There's there's something for everybody here. There really is. If you're into bikes, you you can't miss it. It's
0: and, <laughs> and scale wise, like how many football fields would you say this is? Oh, this is
5: probably. I'm going to say at least yeah, three
0: football fields, maybe four you can get in here. Yeah.
5: Yeah, it's it's massive. It's huge.
0: It, it's like three Astrodomes back to back.
5: Astrodomes. You know, I'm more familiar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. Um, what else has uh, have you taken a, a shining to? What,
5: uh, the what's got your fancy? The artwork that's on display here is really cool. It's, it's as diverse as the motorcycles. Um, I think I'm like there's lots of stuff that's kind of the tattoo style artwork which is really cool it's nice to see that uh what else caught my fancy i mean the bikes obviously there's so much chrome there's so much not chrome old ones new ones fast ones slow ones um it's it's wild race bikes street bikes yeah yeah it's it's crazy and the people
0: now i'm gonna hit you with a hard one all right hit me one word to describe the one show
5: one word to describe the one show um overwhelming it's overwhelming it's so much sensory input so much to see do here talk about that uh frankly you need to have a cold beverage with you to take the edge off
0: <laughs> well and they got that too yes they do well, cool. Well, thanks, and I'm glad you, you made it up.
5: Oh, thank you for it, telling me about it and making sure that this is on my radar. I Is mean, this
0: going to be a regular thing?
5: I think so. My buddy who, who came along with, he's not even that big into motorcycles, mm-hmm. and he's like, we got to do this again next year. I'm like, yeah, we do.
0: I, I think they've done such a good job of grabbing the, the culture. Yeah. Motorcycles, cars, food, tattoos, art, music... It's all here, yeah. and it all goes together and makes this, it's, it's just the, the culture.
5: It's, and the, it, it's the best part of this culture is just the vibe. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's laid back. There's exciting things that are going on, like the stunt uh, displays and whatnot. Those are freaking awesome and loud. Uh, but yeah, the culture is, uh, this is kind of at its best right now, and it's great to see it.
0: Cool. Well, thank you very much. Hey, my pleasure. No problem. Hey, Emma, you know how you were telling me that there's no more $500 project bikes? I stand
1: by that. I'm standing by that. And (laughs) we're standing by a $500 motorcycle. But it doesn't look like one anymore. No,
6: it does not. What are we looking at, darling? So this is a 1972 Honda CB500. When did you purchase this bike? Uh, I purchased it in 2019 for $400.
1: 2019? That was years ago. (laughs) It doesn't look like a $400 bike now. No, Um, no, it does not. Okay, so this is a Honda 504. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, just glorious candy gold paintwork. Thank you. It's an absolutely lovely looking bike. In a thousand words or less. (laughs) What have you done to this bike?
6: So when I bought this bike, it was uh, obviously a ram when parked but did not run, as usual, Um, and I stripped it all the way down to the frame, took every part off of it, polished, scrubbed, painted, everything I had to do to it, and brought it all the way back up. It's absolutely glorious. How complete was it when you got it? Um, It was mostly complete. Uh, The wiring had been messed with. The headlight was off, and someone had done something to it. Uh, It was also set up for um, Clubman bars, so I had to redo all of that as well. Uh, But otherwise, most of it was there. Uh, The head gasket was blown when I started. Okay. uh, So I
1: rebuilt the whole top end as well. So how much in terms and i'm not going to talk about your labor right now sure we're just talking labor of love it was a labor of love. labor of love how much do you think you spent on this because i'm seeing some high dollar stuff on this your chroming bill has to be quite high that, funny
6: enough there was no chroming done so, so there's a few aftermarket parts the rest of it was polish a lot of spits, shine, and polish. Okay,
1: well, let's have a look and see. Let's have a look and see what we're looking at. That front rim—did you replace it or? Yes, it? that is a re- front. That is replaced. Front fender,
6: uh, replaced. Headlight is uh, eBay. Found it on eBay. Okay, and, and spit shined it.
0: How about the the gauges? These so, are look very fresh and new.
6: They are very fresh and new. So I found a company called. 750 gauges. Uh, yeah. Um, and I had to take it apart, which for these gauges yeah. is actually very interesting. You have to actually very carefully unpin yeah. it, right. take it apart, and then put new gauges back in. So I actually did replace those.
1: Fantastic. And, I mean, it's it's just a marvelous job. So back to that question. What did you spend on it? Um, I probably
6: got in parts as well as paint, I did pay an extra guy I have a gentleman in the local area that did the paint job and he actually did it, he's an older gentleman so he understood how this was done it is actually a three stage paint he he taught me about that, if you guys don't know about that, it's like a silver underlay you do a silver base, then you build up the color and then you put
1: the clear on top yes, Yes. so he
6: did that exact thing, Uh, the only thing he could not do is the flake size, evidently you cannot get the large flake size you could get in the 70s nowadays right. so other than that he did that so that cost a bit of money all in parts wise everything else
1: two thousand dollars a little bit less wow. so this bike you this bike has cost you twenty five hundred twenty five hundred dollars
0: it looks like a million bucks but do you still don't believe in the five hundred dollar project bike no
1: <laughs> no i don't it's 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 a tough one These bikes, I remember these bikes going that cheap. I must admit, I think even in 2019, you got a bargain. I did. Um, They're getting thinner and thinner on the ground. They really are, but... I think a lot of 70s motorcycles are, actually. Here's the million dollar question. How many man hours have you got into this bike? Honestly, I'm scared to actually calculate that. Well, you're gonna do it now.
6: (laughs) Um, I would say it did take me six months, weekends, evenings, and I got it done. So I don't know how many hours that would be. I would have to actually calculate it, but it was a, it was a bit of time. Right. My wife was happy I was out of the house. Let's just say that.
1: <laughs> Good-o. No, it's an absolute, <laughs> it's a testament to you. It's a beautiful machine. There's nothing I do not like about this bike. And I will tell you, I will say
6: that one of the reasons... That I actually felt like I could take on this project was your guys's podcast. I, uh-huh. No, I'm on it. I'm, I'm serious. Uh-huh. I was listening to your guys' podcast before I just started writing. You know, Action Twenty Seventeen, and I was listening to your guys' podcast. And I'm like, if they say I can do it, if Miss Emma says I can do it, I believe I can do it. And sure enough, I got down and I got this rusty, oily mess in my garage listening to your podcasts brought it back up now i have a running bike thanks to
1: you guys that's
0: glorious now that you're on the other side of it what is one piece of advice something you learned in the project you would pass on to somebody who's starting a project
6: um specific to this bike if you're trying to do a four-cylinder bike with four carburetors get a good carb sink tool (laughs) number one also always check the electrics before you check the carbs Make sure it is timed and running electrically before the carbs. I did tear this carb down probably 20 times. Turns out I had a bad advancer, and that was the problem. It was actually in the electrics.
0: Good lesson learned.
1: It so, was a very good I'm lesson I'm going to put learned. you on the spot right now. Okay. What advice would you give, give Miss Emma? Now you have completed this bike. Would I give you? Yes. Oh. Uh, I don't. How could I give you advice, Miss Emma?
0: Uh, I got advice. Buy low, sell high.
1: (laughs) Buy, buy, buy.
0: (laughs) Sell, sell, sell.
1: No, it is beautifully done. It's an absolutely superb machine. Thank you for proving me wrong. I still stand by it. I think this bike is a testament to your hard work. Testament to your bargaining. True, true. He did come down. So... I think this is a fluke. I still maintain <laughs> you can't do it. But prove us, prove me otherwise.
0: There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I decided to play a little game with the Misfits here at the One Show. I've asked everyone to pick three bikes. One, that you just want to throw a leg over and ride. One, that you want to get dirty with, if you know what I mean. A sexy, sexy bike. And three, a bike you would gift to another misfit. And and why? So, uh, I've, I've picked my three and I'm ready to answer the question. So, the first bike, and I don't know if this is cheating, but it's not even in the show. I found it in the parking lot. But it is a KTM Adventure 890 It just calls me. I want to throw a leg over and ride it, I have to say. My backup would be, there's a SR500 flat tracker in there that looks amazing, that just looks fun. But that 890 Adventure. Um, Bike I want to get dirty with. Well, it's not even a bike at all. It's the Shaggin' Wagon. That shaggin wagon, I just want to get in there and roll and all that plushness, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I love that thing. And the bike I want to gift to another misfit—I've Right, now. right, now. I've, right I've, now. I've never seen one of these before. Uh, but it is a Yamaha Morpheus. Am I saying that right, Bagel? Morpheus. Morpheus. Yamaha Morpheus. Um, it looks like a Ski-Doo with wheels right? Bagel, how would you describe it?
7: Uh, like, a, like a very long skidoo with wheels underneath yeah, that's like a pretty can barely, good
0: You can barely see the wheels it's very like low and just slim and um, I would give that to Bagel because I think it's so rad it's one of the raddest scooters I've seen and the raddest scooters I know is Bagel so I would give it to
8: Bagel
7: oh, thank, thank you, Liza <laughs>
0: All right. Well, let's see what the other misfits choose. This
1: is a very, very interesting club I've come across, and actually, we met them last year, so they're not strangers to us. I am with Doug and John and Mike. Who are you guys? Taking Doug.
2: We are representing the Oregon Vintage Motorcyclists, which is a a club here in Portland. Uh, pretty open to any motorcycle. Uh, You just have to be enthusiastic about vintage. Okay, very good. And, um, Doug, I know you've got a lot of bikes. What are you riding today? Today I'm riding my 73 Triumph X75 Hurricane. (laughs) John! Uh, Now, you're
1: one of the officers of the club, uh, I'm told. I'm,
2: I'm currently the treasurer. Good Lord,
1: so you're in charge of the money. Yes, this what, is there, a...
9: what there is. <laughs> okay.
1: And um, what do you ride? Uh, I've got a 68 BSA Lightning here today. I'm seeing a commonality here. Made in England bikes. Um, Mike? Hello.
10: Um, what is your role within the club? Um, I'm a volunteer.
1: Okay. Yes. a willing volunteer? Or yes, mo-
10: uh, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs>
1: What, do you, what, what motorcycle did you bring to the I show? I brought a it.
10: Vincent Repeat today to the show. Yay. And
1: a magnificent bike it is too. So, I know you're open to um, all vintage bikes, but I am seeing this love of English bikes. Anyone like to kind of define that? I mean, to me, every single English bike is special, from the humblest Bantam right up to Vincent Repeats. But I've never really been able to define it. Would anyone like to take a stab at it?
9: What makes them so special? Well, I think part of it was timing. You know, that that they were... The, for, in terms of our, our vintage club, the the 1960s, 50s British bikes were the first great vintage bikes right. as, as we all got older.
1: Yeah, and I, I kind of buy into that because as a youngster, I always... The cool kids always had the British bikes. You know, yep. we weren't cool enough. We were riding around on two-stroke Suzuki. <laughs> but the cool kids had the British bikes. Yeah.
9: And I think that's true in America as well. Well, that was, it was exactly the same for me. I was riding a Honda 160 right. when the when the older cool guy down the street had a 68
10: BSA Lightning. <laughs> okay. And I've wanted one ever since.
9: So, um, Mike, you're like
10: yeah. me, you're English. Where did yes. you grow up? Uh, in the northwest of England. Okay. And then the northeast. And then which, the
0: northeast. Which is
10: about 50 miles away. It is not yeah, very well, far Does that
0: make you a monkey? It does. He's a <laughs> northern monkey.
10: He's a cheeky monkey.
1: So, um. <laughs> When did you start motorcycling and what did you start off oh, with? Oh,
10: I had a Norton when I, my first bike was a Norton.
1: Lucky guy! Well,
10: it was a Norton Villiers Triumph. It was an NVT Easy Rider, step-through moped. Very, very not <laughs> so well. yes. It wasn't that, wasn't that great.
1: Well, <laughs> it know, was a start, though. No. It was a start, and that's the most important thing. We all got our start somewhere. So even back then, you're like, I'll give the domestic product a try. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been a love affair with English bikes oh, yeah. ever since. Yeah,
10: for thirty-four years. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. So, in order to join your club, do you have to be in Oregon, or do you accept members from everywhere?
9: Uh, we we have members from all of the surrounding states. Right. I don't, I don't think there are any that are much farther away than that. There's there's no restrictions, though. Okay. Well, yeah. we have we have California members and Idaho members and Washington members fantastic
1: and do you go on organized runs and um, yeah.
9: yes yeah. several yeah. several times each summer we get together for a group ride
0: Okay. so would you allow someone like Emma to join your club oh, of course Abs- yes. absolutely because Emma will never be a member of a club that would be willing to have her as a member
2: uh, yeah, that, like was that was Marx's problem, wasn't yes, problem? She's, a,
0: <laughs> she's an
2: honorary <laughs> member of the Oregon Vintage no, thanks.
1: and I should point out that when I came in yesterday afternoon it had been a very long day and I was very very stressed and I didn't have anywhere to put my trident and I was really quite upset about it and the Oregon Vintage Motorcyclist took me in as a lost child. <laughs> and my, my lovely purple trident is right in front of their banner right now, so I'm extremely grateful to we them. We have
10: a big event coming up as well, if you wanted to mention it. Yeah, well, I like
1: the sound of that. Yeah, I would love to yeah, mention it. We
10: refer to it as Corvallis, but it's essentially the annual spring show in, at, at the Benton County Showgrounds in Corvallis, Oregon. And uh, every year it has a different featured mark. Right. But this year's feature is British singles. So there should be some really interesting bikes there. So if you
1: need a new boyfriend or girlfriend, this is going to be, because there's going to be a lot of British people who are newly single. Um, No, there's a long tradition of Britain making fabulous single-cylinder bikes. And in fact, on the poster itself, there's a lovely gold star.
10: And the details, you can get the details on the Oregon vintage Oregon Vintage Motorcyclists website as well. There's a flyer on there. It's OregonVintage.org Yeah, thank you.
0: And I wanted to thank you guys. You're also hosting our Misfits Lounge, as we call it. We
2: kind of have you in our backyard. Um, yes. You actually miss the
1: Misfits Luxury Lounge. It is deluxe back there. We're, uh, we're amongst the cables and the spare tires. So uh,
0: And the abandoned bicycles. Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: I forgot about the abandoned bicycles. So, um, yeah, it really is deluxe. But it's great talking to you. And the thing I want to stress is how approachable these guys are, but... The standard of bikes is incredibly high. Um, they are just delightful. Is that Harley-Davidson one of you guys as it well? Is. It it's, is. That is just... And that's original paint? AMF Harley-Davidson's in that condition are thin on the ground, and this is just glorious. Well, and, and we
2: are, There are a lot of British bikes, but there are also Japanese bikes. There are German bikes. There are... American bikes, there's... Italian, the, the featured Italian. mark at the show a year ago were Italian bikes.
0: Now, Emma doesn't know I'm about to do this, but could we possibly walk over to this beautiful Triumph over here <laughs> built by Emma? I'd love to hear your critique of it. Tell us what you think. Critique
2: or... Yes, or um, our just do your opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, oh. what, do you, what do you... Have you seen a Trident like this before?
2: No, it's... it's
9: Beautiful. In fact, Emma wasn't here when I first saw it when I came in this morning because it wasn't here when I was left yesterday. And I said to Doug, "Well, does she actually ride it? Is that that's too pretty to go it's out on the street? It's mint."
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you tell what things she's done to it? Yeah. yeah. List them all. Let's see if you can Mike see.
10: He knows his bike, so he, I think you think so. And, out. Oh yeah, and Doug's, Doug certainly does. So it's, it's got a different front end, which is actually an improvement. It looks like maybe smaller wheels, perhaps. Um, the paintwork is outstanding, and you can tell because there's no stains on
2: the top of the motor that it's got Mikuni carburetors rather than Amols.: Yes. <laughs> and actually
1: the carburetors were the
2: second incarnation original. Well originally it came with Amols,
1: and then I had Delorto's on it for a little while, but of course, being Italian, they broke down a lot.
2: And then I finally went to the Mikunis And the three into one exhaust is not original.
1: Uh, it- made right here in California. No, you're not in California. No, <laughs> you are right here in Oregon. Mate, don't Down there
2: it. in California. Yeah. There you go. Well, I, I bring a little piece of California
8: with <laughs> yeah, me wherever yeah, yeah, I yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, you need to
2: remember where you are. And uh, it's lovely. It's a rider as a owner of a British triple I know how much fun they are.
0: Well, Emma's very good at doing a, a highly modified bike that looks like a stock bike, look, yeah, and you guys have the eyes to spot, to spot the difference. It, yeah, so good on you. So uh, yeah, as judges, how would you rate it? Seven.
10: <laughs> Two thumbs up. Oh, yeah. it's really nice. It's, uh, it, okay. like, like you say, it looks like it's come out of the factory, but better than the factory. Oh, you oh know? thank you. No, yeah, honestly, so, thank yeah, you, much. It's, it's, really nice. it's From,
2: paint. From a
1: pair, that means a great deal. And I've always done the same with my bikes. I always put kind of stock paint schemes on them, but I mess around with the shades. This was actually originally a purple bike, but the Triumph Purple was kind of dull dull as dishwater. So I've turned the volume up on the purple, but the layout and the
0: graphic is all stock. It's, It's a beautiful bike. Thank you. Well, thank you guys
8: very much.
0: Absolutely. So one of my favorite things here at the One Show is when I walk around and I find somebody wearing one of our t-shirts and look who I just found. Who, who are you?
11: I'm Hayden Stevens.
0: Hey, Hayden. Where are you from?
11: Uh, originally from Texas, but I live in Washington now.
0: Nice. So you came to the one show to check it out. First time here?
11: Yep. First time I heard it from y'all and I decided that this year I needed to check out as many shows as I could.
0: Yeah, we're all busting the seams to get to shows. Yeah. So what's your... Uh, first feelings on this
11: what, what do you think uh you can just tell that there's a lot of camaraderie with people that don't know each other because i've even i've been stopped to talk to about my bike which i'm a shorter rider and i'm on a bigger bike well for me it's a bigger bike 650 what are you riding KLR 650 nice 2022 nice. i just bought it Ooh. i'm literally on my toes <laughs> every time i stop
0: yeah stumpy john's got one too john he's got a klr you're a good man so i I think you're right um you know a lot of times you go to motorcycle events and there's kind of cliques uh, or certain cultures but here it seems like everything is cool everyone is cool everyone is here for the common passion of all things motorcycle would you would you say that sums it up
11: yeah it seems like everyone's looking at every bike no matter what they ride in like even like there's dirt bikes here and Harleys and all that and everyone I've seen everyone just stop and look and admire like all the bikes.
0: Have any stood out to you? Any favorites?
11: Uh, well, the ones I came here for. Which uh, are? Which is Miss Emma's and ah, did you uh, Mike. See it? Yes, I did today. I actually saw. I didn't see it yesterday.
8: Yeah.
11: I probably just walked by, it, looking the other way. And what? And then you- I've also seen uh, all three of Mike's.
0: What did you think of Mike's bikes?
11: Those are pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I like the burglar the best. <laughs> but I like his weather, leather work.
0: He's very proud of the signs he made. Well, we have one more bike here. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, Michael brought a bike. Uh, maybe I'll walk you over and take a look. You want to do that? Yeah, that would be right, cool. Let's go check it out. Yeah, so these are the zip hoodies.
12: These ones have a hood, and these ones are neck. Nice. Okay, I'll have the hood one. Cool.
0: Alright, now I have a special guest coming up. So uh, joining me now is Mrs. Stumpy. Hello. Also known as Melissa. Yes. Melissa, I, I wanna know for you, this is your first time is this your first time at any like major motorcycle event? That uh,
12: yes. Well, I've been to not this big. Okay. It's...
0: I wanna know for you what has been the most resounding thing for you here. And and you are a new rider. So, what is it that's really impacted you here? One
12: thing I was a little surprised that people recognized me as Mrs. Stumpy.
8: <laughs> we told them to do that.
12: Which I had forgotten. I was told that, but I had forgotten, <laughs> and I started giggling because I was like
0: going, "Oh, wow! I didn't expect that." And then I forgot that. So, know. listeners have been finding you. Mm-hmm.
8: Yes, and they you, have been.
0: you've met a lot of listeners. Yes. And what do you think of our community?
12: Lovely. Very lovely. Very friendly. You know, open to chat about anything. Really nice. Yes. A great community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've been hanging out in the lounge and having conversations. And mm-hmm. uh, um, what are some of the things that the uh, that some of our listeners have brought us? We got some food?
12: Yes, we got little snackies and night bananas (laughs) so we don't get cramps
0: you know cookies and drinks it's so nice people have been bringing us stuff and uh oh i brought the stickers for you to give out to people who recognize you you got some i got some okay good so let's go in there and let's chat with some more people
12: i guess all right thank you well
0: you never know who you're gonna run into here at shows sometimes it's old familiar faces in new places and this time I ran into gear chick herself it's Joanne Dawn hi hey Joanne hi, hi. hey so uh you are wearing a new brand on you <laughs> uh you changed up industry but you're still hawking gear which is great I am I'm hawking for my favorite brand which is no
13: secret um rabbit I've loved them for a long time It's one of the first brands I started selling like 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing new for me. Um, Always loved it. My closet's full of it. So, yeah, we're repping here at the one show. We're showing off some stuff. Bike contest, dirt bike contest, boat, win some adventure gear. Uh,
0: Yes, please. Yeah. And there's one thing that caught my eye here. Now, I've been getting more and more into riding jeans. Yeah. And you've got some really good-looking riding jeans here. Yes. But the problem I run into is that I get ones that are either too baggy, too skinny, too low. Just like with any jeans, it's hard to get something that fits right and that is more forgiving. You've got some stretch Kevlar riding
8: jeans here. Yeah.
13: Yeah, with the lumbars, I'm actually going to pull up some information here so that I don't get anything wrong. Instead of using Kevlar, we use our own proprietary materials. Mm. Um, so instead of DuPont Kevlar, we use our own Power Shield and okay. uh, other power fabrics. So abrasion resistance, armor, a little bit of stretch, AA certified. A certified, so A rating. So you get a little bit stronger jean than just a light city jean. But that one does have a little bit of stretch in it, I believe, I'm gonna triple check that. Um, But the Lombard will give you a mid, like a mid-ish rise. So better than some of the other low ones out there. Um, You might have to go up a size from like a regular American fit classic jean, um, because Revit is Dutch. So you might go up one size, just one from your normal. And for most standard riding positions, if you're on, like, a GS, you're on an Enfield, you should have pretty good coverage. But we also have a belt
11: called
13: the Safeway Belt.
0: I want to know more about this because I was telling you, one of the issues I have with a lot of the jeans is they're not in a lot of flex, and when you sit down on your bike, you're getting the crack showing, you know? So, we're going to minimize the crack. Yes. So, we have a... (laughs) brown leather or
13: black leather belt. It's called the Safeway. It's 53 retail and there's different sizes but it has a 6 inch (gasps) zipper connection on it for Revit and actually some other brands that share our zipper size so you just wear it as a pretty belt
0: and then you can zip your coat to it. And I just wanted to say if you're hearing a sound in the background we're across from the axe throwing uh, booth (laughs) (laughs) watching it? When in Portland. Makes my rotator hurt. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh my
13: God. I know. It looks cool. So yeah, try the Safeway belt that might work with other jeans too. So does this have the zipper in it? No. So the zipper would be on the belt. Oh, this and
0: then your je- belt yes. and then to the jacket. Uh-huh. Whoa. Oh, okay, so, hold on. Mind blown.
13: <laughs> yeah. And some of the summer jackets here have a zipper connector. The Eclipse has a zipper connector. So a lot of our jackets and some shirts have the zipper connectors. It'll zip to the belt because you probably will never, I'd say it's hard to find a true high, high, high-rise riding jean, because fashion-wise, it doesn't look as slick as a mid, but also with Revit, the Dutch, um, our, with our brand and, and, and fit, that's kind of the, the fit you're, you're going to look at. But the Lombard's a great way to go because yeah. it's a little uh, bit more forgiving. Yeah, we were just down in Death Valley. It's awesome. Uh, nice and like remind everyone
0: where they can find Revit jeans and other Revit products. Uh, you can find it on the US website, Revitsport.com, uh, or
13: any of our partner vendors, uh, Motosport.com, revzilla.com, cyclegear.com. Those are the big ones.
0: All the places. All the places.
13: Locally, Motocorsa is our big big store partner here.
0: Cool. But anywhere, all the big well, Thanks so much and it's good running Thank into you. you. It was
13: great to run into you. Yeah.
0: So, we are at a motorcycle show, but you know, there's more than just motorcycles here. In fact, one of my favorite things and I'm sending everyone over to see. I'm calling it the Shaggin' Wagon. <laughs> and I'm here with Sergey. You own the Shaggin' Wagon. You probably have another name. What do you call it?
14: A desert rat. It used to be a desert rat because it was sand color, like this tan color. Ah. And as soon as I got it, we went to a lord desert. And I was like, it's a desert rat.
0: So tell everyone what this is.
14: It's a Chevy. It's 80s, but I put 70s grill and bumpers mm-hmm. in everything. All the sight markers, tail lights, all 70s. And I found those bubble windows.
0: But we were just talking about... How do you make a, a a minivan cool? Throw a bubble va- bubble window on it. So this is an '80s van, but oh my God, there's not there's not a piece on it that hasn't been modified. First of all, we're at the side door, and this is like uh, what, what do you call this? A pop-up. A uh,
14: gullwing door.
0: It's a gullwing side door on a van. Um, and as I reach up, I'm petting it because it is lined. What is it lined
8: with?
14: Oh, uh, what is that? What do you What is this lined with? A, a line
0: This is like a three oh, inch the, uh, shag. Yeah, I don't know what's it called. Fur, it's uh, like
14: fur. I forgot what's it called. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind a, of like a shag. It's,
0: I think you skin Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. Is what it's like. Yeah. Now, how much of this interior did you create?
14: Everything. Oh
0: my god. Okay.
14: I started with insulation. I did a sound dumping so it's quiet inside when you're on the highway. Because it's like working vans. When you're on the highway, they are rattling. You can't hear anything. And then I did uh, sound insulation and uh, heat insulation. I can sleep in the winter in it. And in summer, it's not really hot. And then I did all the all the interior, I mean, everything. All the shag, all right. bar, and bed.
0: And okay, so first of all, let me just try to describe this. Every inch of it is shag. The... The floor, the walls, the ceiling—it's like deep, deep shack. There's a a bar. It looks like a like a '70s, mid '70s bar. Down into
14: a table, the top slides down.
0: Oh my gosh! You have the the requisite uh, small chain steering wheel. Yeah, eight (laughs)
14: inch. It's really small.
0: Yeah, eight inch. Uh, Oh, you got shift uh, on the column, and then uh, the 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 coup de gras back here. In the back is little
14: flowers. I decided to go with oh, yeah. like flowers. Since. Yeah, there's there's
0: hanging plants around it. But then there's a a bed that fits to yeah. maybe. With, oh yeah. Easy. With, what do you call it? Like w- turned wood, like seventies style turned wood woodworking around it.
14: Yeah, actually that was just an old seventies bed frame.
0: Yeah, old seventies bed frame, wood paneling in the back. Like there's so much detail to here Little photos,
14: little art there
8: And I just <laughs> I know. Did the
14: poster here, here and on the dashboard And now I want ceiling to do all the other Next time when I'll have time
0: And, and lighting and it is <laughs> straight up uh, So if anyone has ever seen the Madonna Inn <laughs> it, Which is a crazy hotel This is like one of the rooms in the Madonna Inn in a van And w- what was your inspiration for this?
14: Uh, 70s-style vans, they used to do it a lot. Just make a little, literally hotel, just how you said it.
0: And how many pornos have been filmed in here?
14: (laughs) Uh, Not yet. (laughs)
0: That's the right
14: A lot to come.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Well, I love it. I'm glad that you're here at the one show because it's more than just motorcycles. It's this culture of just... I mean, you love everything, food and art and motorcycles and cars and trucks and bands So, yeah, thanks for being here, man. I'm yeah, really getting a so kick much. out of it. Thank you. All right, nice <laughs> meeting you. Nice to meet
8: you. Thanks. That's a you know, the machine uh,
15: keeping you keep know, going. So that actually was a very successful prototype in the sense that it showed that that lubrication system works great. It is. Never had a problem with it. So I think in the three years of this bike, I've only filled it twice. And
8: I think that was because it, it fell over one day or something like that. <laughs>
0: All right, down here at the One Show, of course, you can't have a custom bike show without choppers, right? Old school, new school, all the choppers are here. And who best to describe and comment on the choppers here is Mikey Three-Tag.
16: Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm the, the most qualified person <laughs> in this room here, but uh, I, I can say a couple of things. Um, and if you're know if you listening, we're standing in front of my bikes right now. I guess Liza decided this was the best place you can hear the most. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of different styles of choppers here. There's um, a lot of springers. Um, I see some Honda VLXs, um, a couple of, um,
8: get, what do you call tri- Triumphs. Yeah, Triumphs.
16: Yeah. I mean, there's so many different versions there, of Yeah, Hondas. I feel like the spectrum goes from, like, um, you know, shitty... Barn finds with beer bottles underneath it to like really high end thirty forty thousand dollar choppers, and then there's like mine, which is kind of nice, but you can still ride it. So um, yeah, there's a lot of shiny stuff, and it's not all chrome.
0: Are there any details on any of the bikes that you have got your eye?
16: Yeah, this bike behind you, this Playboy bike, it's got a little gold <laughs> chain, uh, like like a like a player. Yeah. Like a gold chain right up on the top of the. Uh, uh,
0: let's see. Let's right walk over here. and oh, yeah. see. Um, so we are looking at this is a is this a Sportster yeah 2001 T- 2001 Sportster this is uh
16: It's got a pearl paint This shop. looks like an
0: 8 over front end with yeah. some narrow bars a, a high bunny
16: rabbit uh, ears high sissy bar high sissy bar uh, it's Yeah It's a very clean bike all pearl white paint but it's got like the gold Guido chain You <laughs> see it? It's and it's the Playboy bunny. It's It's the know.
0: little details like yeah. that. I love so this it. one cut your eye, huh? It's got the tiny little peanut well, tail. Yeah, I
16: mean, they it just—it's the little things like that. It's like what makes it, you know, what it is. It's got the Playboy, but like that's just like kind of bringing it right over. And the it's top.
0: got a fat boy rear wheel, yeah. spoke front.
16: Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: What else has caught your eye? Uh,
16: this purple one over here next to me. Let's, let's
0: go see. We've got, yeah, we've got Triumphs. I mean, it's all the crazy stuff you see. Some look rideable. Some don't. Oh, wow! All right. This is a 1966
16: Shovelhead. Uh, it's it's definitely a show-quality bike. I mean, yeah. everything on it is chromed, even the shovel heads, uh, top to bottom. And then it's just a really um, kind of classic style with fishtails. It's got the twisted sissy bar, Springer front end, front end yeah. wide, uh, like like 12-inch, um, old-school 70s bars. I mean, it looks really throwback. It's just really clean. It's really pretty. I wouldn't ride it. That's kind of where <laughs> I'm at. You know what I mean?
0: Which one do you most want to ride?
16: Um the bmw over there that's not even a chopper but i mean it's just so over the top done i love it. it you know it's got the moto gadget m unit and all that stuff that i have on my bike but he went like the extra step with it so
0: all right so i'm asking all the misfits yeah pick a bike you most want to ride so the bmw yeah th- what style is it
16: oh it's a uh, i don't remember the name of it, it it's it looks not like a, cafe, a fucking though. boxer you it's a boxer
0: but, what but it's got like a
16: supercharger on it it's got all custom swing arm and like all these machine parts that are polished and
0: what what is really it that draws you to that you want to throw a leg and ride it?
16: um it i don't know it looks like a fucking beast yeah. it just, and it's so shiny and pretty but it also looks like it would rip the fucking road up so
0: all right the next question yeah which bike you most want to bang <laughs> which bike is um, the sexiest motherfucker out here you know what i mean
16: I feel like this one, the purple one.
0: This one. It's this just so classy. It yeah, it's like, like a classy these. girl. Nice. And then here's the last question. Yeah. Of all the bikes in here that you've seen, what's one bike you would most like to gift to another misfit and why?
16: Um, I feel like the, the, the one I would, that I think would actually be a gift would be this uh, 350 Honda over here. Okay, yeah. That's a yeah. complete kind of wreck-looking like.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a rack-chopper.
16: Yeah, but I think the reason why I would gift it is because whoever got it would be really proud of its uniqueness, but also maybe encourage them to want to, like, pursue a little bit more modification and, like, cleaning it up, which is so, essentially what I did with when I built bikes.
0: So who, who are you giving it to? Um, and you can call on any misfit, because I was even thinking, let's give it to Andy.
16: Yeah... I don't, I've seen what Andy does it. with bikes. So he would love it. Andy takes a really pretty bike and, and just uglies it <laughs> the shit out of it, but he loves it, so that's great. I think I see this one could use the opposite. Now, i mean, going oh, to no. explain what it is.
0: Hold on, you have to describe what we are looking at right yeah, now. Yeah,
16: so there's a, a fat tire, like a 1990s, 2000, um, Orange County Chopper style, and a, a lady You know who's uh, on You know it.
0: who's in on, on that? Who? That's Lila.
16: Oh, Oh, that's Lila on it. John, that's Lila behind got us. A skeleton Turn helmet. around.
0: Wearing a helmet that is a skull. It's a straight-up skull. It is a skull.
16: I I didn't even know that was a helmet. I thought it was like a prop skull, but I guess it's a helmet.
0: Oh, and you know what? And here's a chopper. I didn't notice. This is the (laughs) one I was talking
16: about. It was kind of bothering me a little bit. I mean, it's kind of cool. But it kind of, it, it, it I feel like it's like so hipster every time I'm over here. I it's like a gang of people describe. throw their so friend on it. And like eight guys pick the bike up. Looks like a, a, a with
0: sportster it. rat rod and fishtails and like Schwinn bars. But they've gone all the way over. Pannies. They've littered the whole area around it with beer cans and bottles. It's like the they're panty going, They're full on. They're full in. Well,
16: cool. yeah, you see the guys come over here, because I, I was sitting here with, right by my bikes for a little bit, mm-hmm. and, uh, here, let's move out of the way so people can see. Um, and, so, uh,
0: yeah,
16: they just get ridiculous.
0: So I got one more question for you. Sure. Here's, come. There you go. So this is your first, like, legit show that yeah. you've been in. How you feeling about
16: it? Um, I feel like I got... I, I feel like i uh, bit been... I don't know. Like, I feel like I do better in local shows because it's easier to to be a a, a big fish in a small pond, you know? And, and like, like my bikes, when I first rolled up, you know, there was a couple of choppers that came in and I was like, oh, I got this. And then by the (laughs) afternoon when I came back, all the heavy hitters pulled in with these really high-end bikes. A lot of them I wouldn't even ride, like I said, which kind of, you know, they pull people in. I think the one thing about my bikes that pulls people in is the unique... Leatherwork, work which is yeah. just cool yeah right but other than that mine's like the middle you know they're expensive but they're also riders right
0: is it inspiring you to do another or to make changes? no
16: it's defeating me because i'm like <laughs> i don't have the i don't have the You're capacity like, that's you've it i'm so in the towel you've seen me work on shit like and it comes <laughs> down to it is i'll be in the garage and i'll be like, get a sawzall and i'm like oh it's a quarter inch off fuck it put it together <laughs> right these a lot of these bikes here like people didn't do that like, they've had these bikes pulled apart for six months and meticulously working on one little thing yeah. and one little thing and then building the whole thing and pulling it back apart. So I feel like I don't have that kind of patience with shit. I'm more like, I want to ride it this weekend. Like, is it close enough, good enough? And I don't win a show like this. So, but, uh, you know, I'll keep building. I'll probably do a cafe racer next.
0: And lastly, what's been the highlight of the show for you this year?
16: Um, just watching people enjoy my bikes, you know, um, Hey. Like,
0: like, there's some ladies taking pictures right now, Captain Crunch.
16: Oh, there's Peach. Hey. That's the lady who painted them.
0: Oh, yeah. well, let's go say hi. Yeah.
16: All right, thanks,
0: the, Mike. Yeah. This next interview,
1: I'm very excited about. Yes. Um, we're with Bree from. Royal En... Well, tell me where you're from, Brie, because it's kind of Royal Enfield, but it's kind of not. No, it's 100% Royal
17: Enfield. Right. Yeah, but... but um, it, it's the racing program. That we're talking about, yeah, Build Train Race. So we have a, a race team in Flat Track that races with American Flat Track, and then we have a road race team that races with Moto America. But... But... All female. All female, yeah. We're uh, even bringing in female mechanics now.
0: Right. So this is something that we learned about from Melissa Paris like a year and a half ago and she was really excited about it super
1: excited about it so we've been chomping at the bit to actually talk to you about it because you're running this program and you're working hand in hand with royal enfield to
0: really make this thing happen so yeah just to recap tell us exactly what the program is
17: so i'm going to give you a history first so a lot of people ask like how you know brown why are you doing this and where did you come from so I come from road racing. Um, I was in the road racing paddock for about two decades. Um, and then I left to join Royal Enfield. And, you know, it took a while for us to establish business. And then finally, you know, my partner over in the U.K., Adrian, was like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do a female focus program? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to mentor women how to build motorcycles to train on them and to get them to race in the biggest audience that we have here in the U.S., He's like, go for it. Um, So he's been really supportive from a financial standpoint. Um, Royal Enfields are a really good, simple motorcycle, right? They're not highly technical. You don't have computer systems that are super crazy. Um, Oh, and these are the loud groms again. Yeah,
8: Yeah. so I've
17: known Melissa uh, for about 15 or 20 years, and we used to always joke around in the paddock that how cool would it be if we one day had a race team. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of our version our version of that dream um, so the first year of the program it started in 2019 and i said hey melissa do you want to race flat track she's like yeah i'm a road racer i'm like yeah but you're a very influential person in the industry so she was one of our first fil- four participants in the mm-hmm. program so we had her we had lana mcnaughton who started the women's moto exhibit amazing yeah. photographer does the dream role um, we had a motorcycle diy shop owner andrea from canada and then we had Jillian DeChesney, who was an amateur flat track racer in Minnesota. And during that year, COVID happened, right? And right. like there were yeah. so many things going on. And I said, well, let's make the best of it. So we ended up having, I think, three races in total, which wasn't what the intention was. We were supposed to have four or five. But during the build process, we started getting great sponsors like Maxima Lubricants. s developed a 2-in-1 exhaust system just for us. So people were already, their interests were already getting peaked from that. Um, so we finished that season out and then when we were in the off-season, Melissa and I were joking, well, how about we do flat track and road racing? I was like, okay, I can't manage that on my own. I need someone to mentor the road racing ladies, and I said, you want to do it? So she mentors the road racing ladies from the build, the design, implement. Um, she's really busy at the racetrack, so they do see her at the racetrack, but not as often um, as we would like. So that's been kind of a work in progress. So last year we had nine women in flat track, okay. seven women in road racing. They each had, I think the women in flat track had four rounds uh, and road racing had three. And then I was like, of course, I want more, right? So you have both of those race tracks or both of those, you know, series, Have we race at big tracks. So seven women wasn't enough for road racing. And then I want a semi, I want a bigger presence. So we were like, okay, let's bring the program to 15 riders for road racing and 15 riders for flat track. So... Actually, last weekend in Missouri was our first first full 15 rider grade in American Flat Track, and that's in history. Fantastic! And it went flawlessly. The racing was amazing. There's, you know, banging bars action. You didn't know who was going to win. You don't know who was going to finish fourth, fifth, or whatever. Is exactly what I had pictured in my mind always. And so everything finally clicked together. This weekend we picked up one of our road racers bikes. We're heading straight to Alabama. We'll have the first training. And then, with all 15 riders, and then they get to race six rounds with Moto America, so it's crazy. So, so I wanted to
1: point out, this is very competitive racing, because all the bikes are identical. Yeah. So, the skill is in the skill of the rider.
17: Yeah, so the engines are identical, and some of the components are, but, you know, the ladies can source their own chains, or, you know, master cylinders, and things like that. But, yes, the chassis is identical, the motor's identical, and the exhaust system is identical.
1: Now, um... Do you have full 15 for road racing right
17: now? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And here's something I I found interesting. What's the age range of your riders? Oh, it's kind of crazy. So on our flat track side, our youngest is 18, but she's been racing since she was four. Mm -hmm. And our oldest rider actually is a Portland native, and she's 44. (laughs) So that's on the flat track side. On road racing, our youngest is 23, and our oldest is, I think, almost 58. That's great. Yeah. So I think that's the important thing is we want to empower all women. Not just young women, not just older women, right. but we want everyone to be able to live out their dream and give them the tools that it takes to do that. And let's go back. I mean, this isn't just the racing. Building is a big part of oh, it. And yeah. this is some because
0: we also run a co-op garage where we teach people how to wrench. We think that is just as important a part of motorcycling
8: it as is. riding.
0: And that's a big part of this, too.
8: So
17: Some of the women that applied for this program didn't do it for the race portion. They, they were more inspired by learning how to be a builder and mm-hmm. work on motorcycles. And if you talk to some of our ladies from the last couple seasons, it's, it, it's given them so much self-confidence. I had one that said she was riding down the highway on a motorcycle. Her motorcycle, she had her toolkit in there. She saw another motorcycle stranded on the side of the road. She went over there she fixed the guy's bike (laughs) and it was the confidence and the skills that she found in this program that enabled her to help somebody on the side of the
1: road you're talking my language (laughs) great I like it this is fantastic I absolutely love this program let's talk a little bit about Royal Enfield with they were there from the start and they've been very supportive of the program and you, haven't they?
17: Oh, uh, absolutely. So, we're the oldest motorcycle company in the world in continuous production since 1901. Um, for a while, it just did focus on the domestic market in India and that's because that's where they were being sold. When Sid Law, our CEO, managing director, decided to go global, His first investment was into the North American market and opened up a subsidiary here. Mm -hmm. And it took a while, right? We had to deal with things about quality perception or the fact that it was not made in the US and like all those little pain points that you just have to tell people, like, it's going to be okay. And this is a brand that's invested in this market.
0: And I remember when they first came out it's it's a boutique bike. You can get a new old bike. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool with updated electronics.
1: Yeah. Like, wow, how cool. in terms of CEOs, he's relatively young, isn't he? He's he is. bringing a very youthful I think he's pers- around the
17: same age, maybe a couple of years older than me. Right, yeah. so he's
1: bringing a very, very youthful perspective to it. Very dear friend of mine's just bought a Meteor.
17: Yeah, and he's an avid motorcyclist.
1: So, and you need that. If you're running a motorbike business, yeah. actually enjoying motorbikes, should be priority number
17: one yep no yep. i firmly agree with that he's been very supportive um i talked to him about the build train race programs you know at least a couple times a month and he he just loves what he sees and he loves you know i it's not just women that are inspired by this program you right. have men that are inspired too oh, right absolutely or men that are supportive of their partners or male-owned companies that want to be a part of it and want to give the women the tools necessary right you know uh, i want to jump in real quick yes we are about to be blown out by a Harley right in front of us.
0: Let's go right around this yes, container here because they seem to think they need to run their engines for quite a bit. So uh, we'll come over well, here where it's a little not, quieter. Not
1: unsurprisingly, we are at a motorcycle event. So yeah, that does happen. I know. It does happen.
0: It just adds to the ambiance. So
1: um, I'm going to jump straight to a brief. I have a complaint. What? <laughs>
8: here we go.
1: I have a complaint. Um As somebody who lives in California, and I want to see the girls race, where west of the Mississippi can I actually see one of these? You're not going to. There you go. So how can
17: we fix this? You can get on a plane and fly and see us in the Midwest (laughs) and the Mid-Atlantic. Can't fault that. Yeah, yeah. So there's only two road race rounds that actually happen to be in the West and right. that it's not conducive for the schedule or for the abilities where we feel yeah, the ladies are at now. Yeah, because you're kind of tied in with Moto America right we now, are yeah. yeah, so both of the series, so the road racing ladies race with Moto America and then the flat track ladies race with American flat track. So they're racing in the premier championships. Okay. Um, so that's important because it gives us international leverage and visibility. You know, I want the world to see what they're doing and it's hard when you race with a smaller series because you don't get that international scope like that. You right. Don't, you don't... I think because of what we've done the last two years and because people are able to view them on TV or live stream on the internet, they wanted to apply. We had over 470 entries this year, which was crazy. And I could only choose seven on one side and the other on the other to fill 15 riders. So
0: here's a question. Since this is your, your brainchild, what is your prediction in five years? How many racers do you think you might have?
17: What do you, you think want? here in North America or globally? So I launched yeah, yeah. BTR in Brazil last year. Oh, uh, okay. that's even cooler. Yeah, so we have a pro- we have the flat track program in Brazil. Last year was 4, this year will be 6. Mm-hmm. Flat track is a relatively new sport. Um, we have an amazing flat track partner. His name is Flavio. Uh, he runs the entire flat track championship down there was very supportive of this. Um, So we'll have six in the BTR class and then two of the riders from last year are being um, promoted into the 650 series, which we're starting down there. Um, There are a couple countries in Europe that will announce soon that we're doing the BTR program and then in India as well.
1: So you see this as a global program? It is
17: absolutely a global program. And we do get a lot of people from Germany, Australia, New Zealand, France, Thailand that want to be a part of it, but they don't live here. So we're like, okay, well, now it's international. How do we support that? So we'll do... You know, a country here and there and add to it, but we want to make sure that, since the U.S. was the original market, we want to fine-tune it, make sure all, the recipe's correct, make sure that our program sponsors can support it in, say, France and Germany and Australia and places like that, because we don't want it to be a mix-match hodgepodge. We want to make sure that everyone gets the same level of support no matter where they are. Fantastic. I think this is just the greatest thing.
1: Anything yeah. that empowers women is superb. We just need more of it.
8: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And and you said you came out of racing. So would you say that your ulterior motive is to get more women racing or was no. it to sell more bikes?
17: Neither. Ah. I think it's, you know, from a brand perspective, yeah. it's brand visibility. Yeah. Right? So I think there's marketing things that you do to sell bikes and then there's marketing things that you do to showcase a brand and just right. inspire people. Um but the other side is to empower women and it's not Mm -hmm. to get them all turned racers because some of them might not want to do it after a year but they feel empowered to be able to go work on a motorcycle on the side of the road or build confidence or now they've become a better street rider to me that's a win you know it's not the racing is just 150th of what the actual program is
0: I I think it's great and again the Royal Enfield it makes sense because it's still at the core it's a simple bike it is it's you can get in and
17: put your hands on it it's mechanical if i can work on it anyone can work on
0: one. <laughs> Oh, cool <laughs> so if somebody wants to follow learn more where do they go
17: so we have a website buildtrainrace.com so you can read all the women's profiles check out the videos uh we just started an instagram page build.train, build.train.race um on instagram we do open up applications every October. So if someone is inspired by what they hear today or throughout the season. Yeah. That was going to be you my can apply. next training. Yeah. Uh, uh, my next question. And you don't actually
1: need a racing and FIM license to be part of this. This is...
17: Yes and no. So when we first started the program, we wanted only beginners. Okay. But then I felt bad because they had a, such a short year. with Like the first program, COVID hit, mm-hmm. right? So the ladies right. had a short season. So I invited all the ladies back, and then I grew it, but then I was like, okay, these women put a lot of effort and energy into building and training, so all the women from last year, for the most part, were invited back. There might be an exception here or there. Hopefully, they all finish out the season. We had some couple that were injured that couldn't, so again, invited them back to get their time. So I'm thinking it's going to be a three-year cycle. Oh, right? okay. So every three years, we'll start with newbies, you know, and then escalate them and then graduate them. Hopefully on the flat track side, we can bring some of the ladies that are racing for me this year and escalate them to be in the pro class next year and, and race twins production or whatever it might be called next year. But
1: you've got to be in it to be part of it. Yeah. So if anybody's inspired by what they see on the website, we encourage them to apply.
17: Yeah, yeah definitely. Lo- look how
0: many people go and buy a Ninja because it's a race bike. Well, right. now you can buy a Royal Enfield because it's a for race bike too. a lot less too. expensive. Exactly. Well, the- thank you very much you're welcome it's great yeah thanks for having me on right, so there's so much there's so much to see there's such a variety here from classic bikes to brand new bikes um, racing bikes off road sidecar, everything even a couple scooters and bikes that we're still arguing (laughs) is it a scooter or not so I'm here with Bagel Mm -hmm. Bagel what are we looking at we are
7: looking at a lineup of uh, Honda Navi's and uh, Groms, which look surprisingly similar. All lined up, yeah. uh, they're the same same height, same size, same basic layout. Only difference is that the Navi has the uh, the unit the uh, unit engine and transmission with the CVT that's all underneath and behind the frame.
0: Which would make it a scooter?
7: Some might say,
0: but <laughs> maybe not.
7: It certainly does not have a step through design. And where the engine would be in the Grom, people have, have uh, found some interesting uses for that space. Like this bike right here, they seem to have installed a stereo system with speakers on either side. Well, this of is the, the Navi.
0: The Navi doesn't this is the have. Navi. The, yeah, right. And there's that space that comes with the storage compartment, but you can take it out and do anything with
7: it. Right. So this, this uh, designer has put a set of speakers in there, which I'm assuming is connected to a stereo system. And it uh, looks like there is a. Uh, kicker system that's built into the the tank area so you can play and pause and you know do all of your controls right from the top of the tank while you're riding apparently
0: and here's something I find interesting that it's you don't see on a motorcycle which is more of an argument that this is a scooter uh-huh. because bagel what is above the swing arm
7: uh, the seat are no, oh, you directly about well there's the intake
0: the intake field there's a pod filter yeah. sticking out yep underneath the seat, right in front of the rear axle. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a, a nice look. And on the bike next to it, they got a pod filter shooting out the back. Mm-hmm. So having yeah. that engine really underneath and behind the seat
7: Yeah, and is all, did, a different look. Yeah, and they did some interesting things with this other Navi over here, this, this blue one. It uh, looks like they have extended the rear swing arm, oh. so the engine is sticking farther out the back for a longer wheelbase. And that opens it up a little bit underneath. Uh, the proportions look really nice on that bike. Um, plus, they also use some really cool, stol- solid, uh, like solid aluminum wheels uh, that are painted blue to match the bike. Um, but with low-profile tires, uh, that's a that's a pretty slick-looking bike, I have to say.
0: And what I find is interesting how they stretch the swing arm because yeah. the swing arm is all one unit. Right. The engine and everything. You want to describe how they did that?
7: Yeah. So it looks like they added. A, an extension in front of the engine that connects the engine to the frame of the bike uh, that extends the swing arm probably by about nine inches, it looks like. Uh,
0: yeah, they just basically added more frame. Yeah. So then the drive continues nine inches further back. That is yep. pretty slick.
7: Yep, And then the longer shock in the rear to, uh, to match the, uh, the length.
0: Did you also notice the rake on the front end?
7: Oh, yeah, they did. Wow, that's very interesting.
0: So It's got a much shorter rake.
7: I didn't even notice that.
0: Shorten the rake, which means it had yeah. to shorten...
7: Well, they changed the angle of the headset, I think, on the frame, because the frame itself doesn't seem like it's, it's tilted downward more. So I think they they recut the headstock on the frame for a, a steeper rake.
0: I think there's some elastic trickery here.
7: <laughs> well, there's definitely a lot of a lot of fooling around that went into that, but they did a really nice job. Um, I'm impressed with that one.
0: Yeah, it's cool to see. There's like nine or ten of these uh, little bikes here.
7: Yep. Yeah, and a lot of them are decked out in sort of uh, racing decals, which is kind of cool. Little little mini racing bikes.
0: But there's a bike in particular I want to talk with you about. Let's yeah. go over and check out this. Is it a scooter? It is a scooter, right? Yeah. Or is it a jet ski? <laughs> I don't
7: <know. laughs> Some might confuse it with a jet ski.
0: Let's go take a look. All right. So, of course, we have to check out the scooters. So, Bagel. We've now come over to the scooters and checked them all out. There's a few here. What did you find?
7: All right. Well, there there are a, a small number of scooters in attendance today. Uh, the one that really caught my eye is a, uh, a Lambretta LI-125 that's highly customized. Yeah. Um, this bike uh, started out as a 125cc Lambretta 1963. Um, the uh, the motor has been pumped up to 200cc. And the thing that they did that I really like is they took a different leg shield for the bike, Um They took a leg shield from a... um, that's basically a small frame Lambretta. I think it's called the Vega. uh, And they grafted that onto the large frame LI to give it a completely unusual look for for that bike. It definitely still looks like a Lambretta, and it's recognizable, but it's the kind of thing that... Make, makes you just take a
0: double take like wait what so i think that's cool just like for yeah. us mere mortals we wouldn't really notice all the changes emma does right this but you the scooter guy you're like
8: oh
7: right it's like like if you i don't know if like if you had a, a harley dresser and you put a sportster tank on it it's like makes people look kind of like go what wait
0: yeah, it's it's, it's not little, an obvious customization, but for those in the know, it's pretty yeah. pretty it, cool. It
7: looks out of place, but it works, and it's a it's a really uh, it's a it's something I've never seen before, and I was impressed by uh, by the creativity there. Um, it's a nice uh, nice uh, sort of a medium green, sort of olive green color, uh, and um, and really nicely done. Nice upholstery work. Um, really sharp looking bike. Um, then the, the other one that I saw that that uh, impressed me was a a Doodlebug, <laughs> which is it's an American scooter, a very very tiny American scooter with like four inch wheels. It's like I, I think it's four inch, might be six, but it's it's a. It's just a dinky little bike. It's, like, something that, like, is really sized for a kid to ride. They
0: named it properly.
7: Right. It is, like, a bug. It's just this tiny little thing. And uh, and somebody had restored this bike. I think it's, like, a 1941 or something. Uh, it's, a, it's a very early scooter. Um and it's a beautiful, beautiful restoration, uh, red with white pinstriping, and uh, just did a phenomenal job with that. And that was really, really nice to see because those bikes they were just considered toys, and they just got tossed out, and not a lot of them survived. So to see one that's fully restored to original condition is just it's it's spectacular. So
0: it's more probably more closely related to the Sears Pull Start yeah. yep. Rigid Frame Mini Bike that many of us had than yep. an, than a scooter. Yeah, yeah. I
7: mean, it's it's it shares sort of some some common design themes with like the old Cushmans and Powells back in those Mm -hmm. days. Yeah, it's just your your simple kind of pull start motor in a steel tube frame. Uh, But you know, because it's a vintage bike, they've got some nice little curved fenders and swoopy designs on it. It's a really cool looking tiny little bike. And uh, yeah, I was really impressed to see that here.
0: Then we saw something else. And this falls into the category again. Is it a scooter? And we can ask that question because it has three wheels.
7: Well, yes, this is the Piaggio or Vespa Ape, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, this is a, uh, looks like it was probably a late 70s, early 80s model. Um, This is uh, owned by uh, Sabatino, uh, from Sabatino mopeds and scooters here in Portland. Um, The great thing about the Ape is that they never really sold those in the U.S. They might have sold a few back in the day, just a handful. But you you rarely ever see them around, and this is one that apparently he or someone had imported from Switzerland, yeah. and it's in beautiful shape, um, has you know all the original paint. Um, it's it's just a gorgeous a gorgeous thing to see, uh, and he has a Pook 125 uh, Twingle in the back too, which is really cool.
0: So, is it a scooter?
7: Uh, no, it's well, <laughs>
0: it's
8: <laughs>
7: it's really. I don't think you could consider it a scooter because it's—it has a cab that you sit in on a on a, a like a bench seat, and you do have handlebars, but it's a three-wheeled vehicle, so you don't ride it like a scooter. Um, It's—it's really—it's really its own thing. Let me
0: rephrase it. Do you, as a representative for all scooterists, accept it into the scooter world?
7: we accepted into the scooter okay. community because of its common DNA. There you go. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the the pickup version of a Vespa, basically is what it is.
0: And was there anything else that caught your eye?
7: Yeah, there was a, a fourth scooter that I I really uh really enjoyed seeing here. It's a Yamaha Morphous. Um this is a bike that Yamaha made for a few years uh back in the early 2000s, I believe, and uh, it is a super sleek, super 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 sleek, super low scooter that is. It, it makes a Honda Helix look like a tall bike. Yeah, um, this was brought into the states. Yeah, this was sold in the U.S. Never seen one. They, for some reason, they they just never caught on, and it might have been that they had just a really long wheelbase, and people weren't sure how you're we supposed to ride them uh, because it, it's a very long bike. Um, now now this one in particular has a lot of very subtle customizations that were done to it 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 has an air suspension that can be lowered so so when the bike is parked it's basically sitting on the ground Mm -hmm. uh, which makes the low sleek bike look even lower and sleeker Uh, uh, he uh, did a bunch of modifications as well like um, let's see he had um, I have to get to my notes
0: yeah, I mean it, it's a very it's a long black sleek. It, uh, if I had to describe it, it looks like and, and people started doing these, um, taking like sea doos and putting them over like mini bikes. Right. Or sk- it lo-
8: I, th-
7: I thought it was that. It, it does look like a jet ski on wheels, <laughs> if, yeah. if you could see the wheels. That is, but. Um, but he's—he's uh, he's, uh, one of the things that was interesting is that he completely replaced the handlebars on the bike.
0: I was gonna say the bars and the windshield all look all low and. Right. Well, there's so no there's low.
7: no no windshield on it at all. It's just the bars coming right behind the fairing, um, but it's got a um, like a, a set of motorcycle type uh, like Clip, motorcycle type bar mount with clip-ons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is which is very unusual for scooters. You don't really see a lot of scooters with that, especially kind of. Um, you know, road-going scooters. Like you might see that more on scooters that are people are taking off-road or something like that, but you rarely see clip-ons on a, on a road-going scoop. Um, so that was that was an interesting and very very subtle because it the, it doesn't really stand out. Everything's black, and the bike is black, and until you really look at it, you realize, oh wait, those are clip-ons on a scooter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, that's rad.
7: Yeah, and uh, just lots of little. Um, little like uh, gauges and switches These changed out everything's kind of blacked out so it looks very sleek These um, got aftermarket uh, some aftermarket body parts like the the nose on the bike and the the bumper in the rear are apparently aftermarket parts which you wouldn't really even be able to t- wouldn't be able to tell other than the fact that they're super clean like there's no no detail to them they're just they're just like smooth curved panels they look really really good
0: Something I kind of am learning to appreciate more is these kind of customizations, mm-hmm. whereas you get into the big twin world that these, you know, choppers and customs, they show off every little thing right. they do. And this is a whole nother kind of subtle world yeah. of extremely uh, fine craftsmanship mm-hmm. that disappears.
7: Right. It's it's like the, the idea is to do do it in a very subtle way. Um, where it's, it's almost like it's, it's, it's understated. Um, like some of the things on, on this bike, other customizations, he had, he has a stainless uh, stainless steel exhaust that is completely hidden. You can't even see it. It's, it's completely under the bike, which helps give it the, the clean look. Um, he also had a, a custom front wheel machine for the bike that's uh, out of one piece aluminum wow. and, and also looks very, very clean, very sleek. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like it seems like the, the 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 builder's goal was to make a bike that that's really kind of a sleeper that you wouldn't expect it to have all of these these custom uh, modifications done to it until you really look at it look at it very closely. Nice. And it's it's a they they did a really nice job and um, yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Um, well, I've, I've kind of I've kind of had. An affinity for for the Morphus just because it's it's so unusual, being so low and long. Um, but this this bike really the thing I really like about this bike is that it takes that and makes it it makes a, a bigger emphasis on on that factor of the bike, just how how low and long it is. And but do it in a way that makes it look as as clean and sleek as possible. and It looks it looks like a a missile or something.
0: Nice. Well, thanks for spotting it and. Explaining it because I would, this is one of those things I would have walked right by. So cool, thanks.
8: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Well, John, we've been here a few days now. Ooh, Are you tired? Ex- I'm, exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted. All right, so three, I asked you to pick three bikes. Yep. There's so many here. There's so many cool bikes. So my first question, which is the bike that most says to you, I want to throw a leg over and ride it right now?
4: There is a uh, There's a 60s BSA dirt bike.
0: You're going back to your, yeah. your roots. Yeah, I
4: am back over there, and it's just sexy as heck.
0: Yeah. And
4: uh, and I just I want to ride it. I want to ride it in the dirt. <laughs> it's, I mean, every time I go by that, because I'm actually more a Triumph guy than a BSA guy, yeah. but I love that BSA. Nice. I would take that home right now.
0: No, there's certainly, there are bikes that you see that you like, it calls you. Yeah. Nice. All right. I Now I want to know what bike is just sexy as all get out that you're like, ooh. ooh.
4: This is hard because there's one I want to give away that's very sexy. Oh,
0: okay. Um,
4: so it's kind of, a, I'm having a hard time deciding if I want to, you know, have intimate biblical relations with this or to give it away <laughs> to somebody else. <laughs> um, so... Man, it's hard. Okay. So there's a, and I am not a Harley guy, but there's a red, white, and blue Harley custom that's over by Mike's. Yeah. That I, I love that bike. I just America! Think, yeah. it's And I'm not a big America guy either, but I just, something about the way it's put together, I yeah. just, I just really like. So I would take that home and make it mine.
0: Is that why every time we walk by it, you put your fingers out and just kind of gently I do. stroke it?
4: I do. I, do. I diddle <laughs> it every time I go by it.
0: All right. And then lastly... What bike do you want to give to another misfit, and why?
4: You know, I, I'm gonna go with another Harley. Believe it or not. Wow, so, Mr. Triumph. I know, Mr. Hate Harley, but I don't hate Harleys. Um, there's a uh, AMF Harley right over by where our misfits booth is. Yeah. That I just, it's a, I think it's a. Oh, right, right.
0: Yes, yes. With that. I love that AMF bike. I love job. the AMF
4: paint job. And, and you know what I'm gonna do? I'm giving it to you. Me? To you.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do with it. What? I will take it. (laughs) I'm going to put it on a shelf.
4: Yes. It would look good on your shelf.
0: I don't want to ride it.
4: Yeah, it's pretty. I want to just look at it. It's
0: like candy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, those those are my three bikes. Cool.
8: All right, we're good.
0: All right, so we've mentioned that we brought a bunch of bikes to the one show to display. That's not the only one of the misfits who is presenting something here. We brought up... One of the new kids, Lila. Lila, you were presenting. What, what did you bring?
18: So I brought my photography to the show um, per Emma's suggestion. And you just sign up. They let you in or they don't, I guess. <laughs> There's a lot of art here, though. Like every fence is, uh, that's behind the bikes that's um, inside of the shipyard is six feet tall and so each artist gets 12 feet of space to display whatever kind of art they want Um, I brought a series of self portraits that I took um, that are photographs that I took over the course of about eight years and it's the bulk of my more artistic work and so I brought um, 18 of them (laughs) it was expensive I'll tell you that much and um, we hung them up. It took a while. Liza helped me out getting them up there, and yeah. So other kinds of art. There's a lot of motorcycle art around, um, but there's also who's our friend Killian? What? What's? How uh, would you describe his work? What?
0: Uh, so Killian, um, Killman Customs. Yeah. Uh, he does almost tattoo inspired. I think it's digital artwork, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he uses
18: mixed media. Like, yeah. when he does the first, the very first edition, it may be not on digital. I think it might actually... But it's almost,
0: like, cartoony, abstract, yeah. really yeah, cool Yeah, they're stuff. kind of,
18: like, a little bit trippy, like, really brightly colored. They um, they have, like, cartoon characters actually feature in them. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're, like, actually glow-in-the-dark. They're, he uses glow-in-the-dark um, paint or something like that, so...
0: so you come to a motorcycle show, and yeah. you bring art, not a single motorcycle in it.
18: But, yeah, that's absolutely right. But
0: now that you're here and you see what this is about, it's yeah. about culture, it's about food, music, yeah, art, bikes.
18: It's awesome.
0: What else, what, what other art, can you describe some of the other art that's here?
18: Yeah, okay, so we also have a friend who made these incredible quilts. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah, yeah, and do you remember her, her business name? I, I don't. Okay, well, we'll find that later and maybe plug it in. But she does these incredibly detailed quilts, which I've heard she also does very quickly because she's extremely talented. And um, a lot of them are bike-related. A couple of them are hung right outside our little hangout zone. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, colorful and one of them goes with scooters. She wanted to hang it up near some scooters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. What, there- what other... I
0: mean, there's all different kinds yeah, of media Yeah, there's, here. like, Everything.
18: illustration... Um, there's beautiful custom painted helmets. There's a lot of helmet stands. Look it looks like fine art. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, there's a bike that's covered in pennies and yep. it matches a helmet, helmet that's covered I in pennies. That. Which actually was that it was at the icon yeah. or no. Yeah, it's icon. here on display now. It was at the icon
0: party. Yeah, the icon party. Um, yeah, there's prints, there's paintings, uh there. Is there yeah. any, like, sculptures?
18: I haven't I don't seen, think any. seen any. I've kind of been Things looking for Things you can hang. That. But, yeah, mostly stuff that you can put on fences. Um, so, like, a lot of 2D art. There are some really sweet, beautiful photographs of motorcycles in, like, action shots, which is kind of what I'm trying to move into partly is, like, culminating mm-hmm. my interests of loving being around motorcycles and also photography. And, like, I'm pursuing that as a full-time trade. So... Um, Yeah, let's see, there were some illustrations that were like, kind of like, they looked um, like maybe chalk pastel, or like, um, charcoal, and they were very, like, you could really see the motion of Mm -hmm. like, a motorcycle kind of drifting, or, you know, there were some really cool action um, illustrations. And to
0: go along with all the cool stuff here, there's a lot of vendors, not just selling new stuff. Some of them are yeah. selling old stuff, and you found yourself some. What'd you find? I did. So I oh, have a thing. hold on. Very yeah, loud. S- those are like groms. groms. <laughs> that's a grom going by. That's it's really loud. A lot of the of groms. So back to you. so you found some vintage. So I, I did. What'd yeah. So
18: I actually work for a vintage dealer on the East Coast, and I'm really into vintage. So I immediately saw vintage booths and started wandering toward them. But before I even approached, I saw some red, a red leather sleeve poking out from a rack that was outside of a tent booth. And I was like what is that red leather? So I immediately walked towards it. I made a beeline and it was a Ninja jacket which for those of you who don't know and haven't been listening incredibly intently, I ride a Ninja 250 and I'm hoping to Um, upgrade to a larger displacement of ninja but this jacket is vintage it's red leather it's got ninja um, embroidery on. it's like a i think
0: a 90s kawasaki ninja leather and it
18: fits like a jacket i mean i got a little extra room in my sleeves for when i'm got my elbows back you know and um it's yeah it's great i'm psyched about it so
0: first time here at the show yeah
18: we've got
0: you, you enjoy lots
18: it. of free swag i mean there's stickers everywhere there's people are giving out bags and free shirts and there's little fun games you can play to win a shirt for more engagement everybody's trying to sign you up to win a free <laughs> bike or a free custom helmet there's lots of fun stuff and the food is also bomb albeit overpriced so i think you're having a good time <laughs> yes i'm having a great time awesome it's sick here i can't wait to come back next year
0: All right, so I'm walking down the road, and this is where in the like, little village, all the tents and vendors and stuff, mm-hmm. and a bike caught my attention.
8: And I'm like, well, that's, it's a good
0: looking that's a good-looking it bike. It's a good-looking bike. And I went, wait, what the heck is a radio? You know, R I E J U. I'm like, no, what it's is classic that? Classic And it reminds me of Mikey's like SWM. Right. Emma, you know what this is.
1: So, way back, we're talking the late 80s, and most of the listeners to the podcast know this. I lived in Spain. Back then, all the cool kids had Reihu, practice ah, after me. Oh,
0: Reihu. Oh, God.
10: Reihu. So, um,.
1: It's a brand, actually, with a long history in Spain. And I said it's back. However, the stand is being inhabited by Mark and Derek. And Derek told me they never went away.
0: Yeah. So tell us what we're looking at here.
19: Yeah, that's the uh, Riehu MR300 Racing that Derek did up in his own special colors. It looks really sharp, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, nice. Yeah, it's amazing. We posted it on Facebook, and everybody's like, I want that one. It's like, well, Derek made this one off, but it's a it's a 302-stroke from uh, Spain, and uh, Rie, who is now finally really solidly in the U.S. Before, as she said, they had a lot of 50s, a lot of 125s, that a lot of kids over there would use a street legal product. Um, They've been around for 85-plus years, and now with the... Uh, building of this platform that used to be from the old gas gas company there were mm-hmm. solidly in the u.s
0: and a lot of people were just introduced to gas right. gas because of yep. Dakar, but it too is a company that has been around a long
19: time yeah yeah gas gas uh, has been north of uh, barcelona and girona for many many years 25 plus years they just were recently purchased by ktm group uh so now they're part of the ktm group so the platform that was with gas gas Riehu just 40 kilometers down the road said hey we want to we want to continue this this great product and this great bike so,
1: um, and I just want to make sure that people understand because well who the hell are Spaniards Spain has a long history of having a love affair with motorcycles oh yeah everyone's heard of osas everyone's heard of bull tacos everyone has heard of montesas these are very proud spanish products that just made that jump for the export there is a million more domestic products that are out there equally high quality mm. spanish are legit when it comes to bike making
19: Yes. yes it's the trials market especially trials and uh they're huge into that montessa um all the brands almost come from there except for a couple of them come from france and italy but they they love their motorcycles pure it's it's crazy how excited they get
0: now derek you said this is your bike here yes so uh what what would it be most similar to in the world, like a, a ktm what what is it most similar to or is it its own thing
20: I I would say they're their own breed, definitely. All right,
0: then why would somebody tell me why why Riehu over a Honda or a KTM?
20: The fit and finish, the quality.
0: Ah, there it is.
20: The suspension. Hmm. Suspension, the motors, the just the product in itself is they they come with a all high quality setup bike with a average competitive price range on everybody else. 32 years in the industry of doing motorcycle repairs and it's probably the best bike that i've ran across yet
0: so what would be a suggested retail on a bike like this this is a 300 cc two-stroke dirt only almost looks like race ready
20: well they have three different models and Mm -hmm. different sizes of them so they range from 96 Uh, to
19: the the ranger version is like 8600 up to the full-fledged pro race edition uh that's uh 10.6
1: okay and we're going to include pictures of all these bikes on our on our website
19: yeah that one will get loved
1: right uh, (laughs) it's it's an absolutely superb looking bike and it's your build derek so i really want to talk about what you've done to this i mean the graphics are absolutely stunning on this bike it's primarily white with a red and green graphic but it's these frame protectors and the engine protectors that really catch the eye.
20: These are the all the guards are all the products that they we sell to go for the bikes. Right. Um, it. I just wanted to kind of display as much of the product we can get and do to the bikes as possible, and then give everybody the idea that you don't have to spend sixteen thousand dollars on a Japanese motorcycle to get right. a a, ten, a little over a ten thousand dollar well built. So
1: pretty much all the products
20: that you've
1: put on this bike are available through DNM Motorsports who are the import concessionaires
20: for this bike. Yep. Yes.
0: Yeah, that was the other question. So where does somebody see these online and get more info? DNM
20: Power Sports website has them and then
19: uh, yep yeah, riehu-usa would would have uh, all our our listings.
0: You want to spell Riehu for
1: everyone? R-I-E-J-U. Uh, Say it properly.
19: Just to give you an insight, so the the two families started this company back in the uh, late 1930s. The Riera family, R-I-E-R-A, and the Wanola family, J-U-A-N something or other. So they took the first three letters of one family name and the first two letters of the other and uh, put them together for Riehu.
0: Well, I always love discovering a new to me brand of bike right. I didn't know exist, and then to find out there's a whole history there. Yeah. So glad to see these coming into the into the states.
1: Right, and uh, I want to make sure that people know who we've been talking to. Yep. Voice number one is Mark, and your role within the company, Mark.
19: We are the U.S. importers for
1: Riehl. Right, and Derek, and I have a suspicion that DNM Motorsports might stand for Derek and Michelle. Michelle <laughs> There you go
20: And so Derek Your role within the company I am the founder And the president of it <laughs> Fan, And she is my boss
1: <laughs> Smart fellow <laughs> I, I knew I liked this guy Now I know why yeah. Well
0: thank you very much For introducing me yeah, To something you. new Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Thanks been... for a great interview Hi How are you? Hi there
0: Who are you?
21: Uh, I'm Justin Hey Justin This is my brother Devin
0: Hey Devin Liza. Nice to meet you. Hey, nice to see you,
8: man.
0: What? I saw a bite caught your attention. What are you looking at?
21: I'm looking at them all. They all catch my attention. (laughs) Hard to be picky over here.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Anything catching your eye here?
21: What's not? I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know what caught my eye? That nice shirt you're wearing. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs)
21: He was waiting for it.
0: (laughs) Nice. Did you just get here?
21: We've been here all day. I was here a little bit yesterday.
0: Ah, okay, good. So you're you're just doubling back.
21: Oh, we've been we've been through a few times. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to soak everything in. (laughs) We're trying to rebuild our uh, own bike, so we're trying to you know absorb inspiration. What are you building? Uh, It's an 82 CX500.
0: A maggot, as Emma calls it. Yeah. yeah. But it's our first bike. Lots of parts available. Did you see the whole line of CX500 Customs?
8: Yeah. yeah, we went down there. So pretty. Yeah. So cool.
0: Yeah, and then there's a silver wing.
21: Yeah, the GL500. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So enjoying the show? Is this your first time?
21: No, uh, we, we came here last year. Yeah. Actually, we ran into Emma showing her turbo last year.
0: <laughs> Well, did you see her bike this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's quite proud of it. Good, and did you see uh, award-winning Mike's bikes? Actually, yeah. It it
21: took the third loop until I actually (laughs) found them, but (laughs) I was looking for the breakfast bar, and I couldn't (laughs) couldn't find them.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, what's been a highlight for you guys here?
21: Uh, I mean, the motor show that they're having out there with all the tricks is, it's it's yeah. uh, it's a good time out there watching all that happen
0: the cossacks are going to be performing at three thirty. have you seen them perform yet
21: yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they've done a performance already today Did so. they
0: I've, dang it, i missed it here, <laughs> here they come right now actually yeah walking yeah, up
21: really good. Real good. Good. good i
0: know well hey you're welcome to stop in at the lounge and have a banana if you want
21: appreciate okay, it sounds good <laughs> <laughs> cool thanks
0: man <laughs> I'm over here behind the shaggin' wagon, and I'm with Bagel. Now, Bagel, I ask you to pick three bikes that mean something to you. The first one I'm going to ask you: Which bike have you seen here that you want to throw a leg over and ride? It's just calling you.
7: All right, this was a this was a tough choice. All of okay. these were a tough choice. Okay. But the the bike that I decided that I want to ride the most. Is the Hercules Wankel W two thousand?
0: Oh, the one is it right down here?
7: Uh, it's over on the the other side by the entrance. Yes. Yeah, I have never I've never driven or ridden any Wankel vehicle before, mm. and and I've heard that they have an interesting power band, so I figure that would be a fun one to ride.
0: Good choice. Okay. All right, which bike? Oh. All right, I think we can get through. this. Okay. Which bike gives you the feelings? Which bike is the sexiest one out there?
7: All right. The one that I think is the sexiest is the Cosentini Hypermoto. This is a naked race bike. It, I think apparently it, it normally has a fairing from what it, it uh, looked like, but this—the bike here on show—is uh, is a naked race bike that has been highly engineered and very very lightened with a very powerful motor in it, um, and it looks like. It would be, it, it's, it's kind of, it, just looking at the bike makes me want to do bad things with it.
0: Yes. Oh, so, yeah. Nice. All right, and which bike do you want to gift to another misfit and why?
7: The bike that I want to give to a misfit, uh, first I will say I want to give this to Miss Emma. Oh, okay. And it is a 1948 Triumph that is down just down the aisle here. And in fact, it's a bike that was being painted by Makoto Endo today. Oh. Here, painting he's, it here. He's here painting that bike. I watched him paint it earlier today. And it's a beautiful, meticulously restored black nineteen forty-eight Triumph. And it is a gorgeous, gorgeous bike. And I just saw that, I was like, that is a bike. I if I if I could, I would give that bike to Emma.
0: Awesome. Well thank you so much.
7: My pleasure. Cool.
0: Hold on, Bagel. I just found something cool. Um, We're just passing all these really cool Super 73s, and there's something here that caught my eye.
7: Yeah. This is a Vulcan two-wheel drive off-road motorcycle.
0: Electric. Wait a minute. All right. All right. I got to ask some questions. Hi. Who are you?
3: I'm Zach.
0: Hey, Zach. And you're with?
3: Uh, Beaverton Motorcycles.
0: And these, uh, you guys sell these?
3: Yeah, we sell the Vulcans. We sell Rolling. uh the Super 73s, we've got all sorts of bikes and fun toys there.
0: All right. So, Bagel, describe this Vulcan because it reminds me of a motorcycle.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this
7: looks like, uh, it's a lot like the old, older, uh, what is it? The, the- Rocon. Well, there's the yeah. Rokon. It reminds me of a Rokon. This clearly is is a, a a a nod to the to the Rokon because the name is Volcon, obviously. Yeah. So it's a. D- d-
0: is that is that true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: So that's, that's what we're looking at. Yeah.
7: It also reminds me of the um, what was that big wheeled Yamaha?
0: TW. The TW. Yeah, it's got the big fat tires like that. Uh, yeah, it looks like it. So Zach, give us some of the specs on this. Uh, what size tires? These are huge tires.
3: Oh, massive tires. They're basically ATV tires, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more like that farm bike feel. You have basically lugs on your sidewalls almost. You got nice twist throttle like a normal motorcycle. You get about 40 miles per hour max speed. It's just shy of being a real street legal motorcycle.
0: Now, and, and it almost looks like a three-seater. It's got a really long bench seat. <laughs> Do you know the battery size on this?
3: Nice bench seat. You got Oh, I'm trying to remember what the actual battery size is. Yeah, it's it's going to be like a, like a, maybe a, a... 2.0 kilowatts. It's 2.0, got 75 yeah,
0: okay. miles range. All right, 2.0. Okay, so small small battery. So this is basically a low-speed, like a farm utility bike. Yeah, I'm yeah. starting to yeah. see more of these cropping up.
8: Yeah.
0: Um, we were looking at the Upco bikes yesterday. Same kind of thing. This looks like it can slog through anything.
3: Yes.
0: Is this like mud... Yeah, everything blood,
3: you're going through swamp farmland you're taking snow. care of your actual farm animals this is snow this is everything this is meant to be an atv electric motorcycle basically
0: yeah and then it has a nice big steel rack on the back that you can mount anything too this is a utilitarian bike zach have you tried riding it
3: no, I haven't let me test ride it yet, but that's probably for the best. Uh, I thrash machines when I get a chance to. <laughs> and you're
0: just the person who should test it then. <laughs> nice. I've been do saying you, that myself. Really. Do you know what the asking price is on these?
3: No, so they haven't gotten us any models to sell just yet. Okay. So we have to figure that out with Vulcan.
0: So this is brand new to the U.S.?
3: Brand new to us, at the very least. We just got these for this show.
0: And this is the kind of stuff I like seeing at these things. Um, Because I didn't see anything like this at the AIM Expo. So this, here's the thing. These are the kind of bikes that tell me, hop on, let's go. Hop on, let's go. That's what it says to me. Um, Thanks for bringing all these bikes out. And then right next to it, we just talked to the Super 73 guys. Is the Roland Sands design. Uh,
3: That's That's, one of my favorite things we got right
0: now. Yeah, that's a sweet-looking bike, too. Oh, look at that Fox Shock on it. Wow yeah. Nice
3: Adjustable suspension This thing would get me to and from anywhere Just as fast as my motorcycle does realistically
0: Oh, and Bagel, you know what we almost missed? Zach, let's take a walk down here Yeah Because I see something else Bagel, you see what's in front of us? Oh Yeah
7: KTM? Yeah Is that electric?
0: That is the KTM Freeride oh, Shit Wow these have been around for three, four years now. Yeah, they're not new. Uh, so have you guys sold any of these yet?
3: Yeah, we've sold a number of them. The first guy that bought one sent a video of him doing a wheelie down his street.
0: <laughs> so it's EXE. It's a straight-up dirt bike. In fact, Bagel, you didn't even realize didn't it was electric it, cause, at first.
3: because there's a gearbox underneath
7: that looks like an engine case. I just thought, oh, it's another gas bike. But, wow, that's really, that you wouldn't even notice hardly by looking at it.
3: You wouldn't. A little bit of a trials bike, a little bit of just a straight motocross bike. It's meant to do a little bit of everything, but it remains to be seen how much people will put this to the test.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing that's interesting. I mean, the Alta came out, and everyone was like, ooh, is it like a legit race yeah. bike? And they was kind of a big deal. But then the KTM Freeride has been out for years, and not that many people know about it, let alone talk about it.
3: Well, we've only just gotten them this year at our dealership for the 2022 model year, so they're just not in the market that much yet. It's a great bike. It performs great. Mm Oh, that's right. I wonder if they've
7: been selling them uh, heavier in Europe first before they went to the U.S. market, maybe.
0: I remember seeing a promo with Cody Webb riding it years
7: Hmm. ago. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. I think this is really cool. This might be one of my my favorites. Thanks so much for your time.
3: Thank you. Take care, you guys. Enjoy the show.
1: Oh, it is packed today. Now, the brief story is, I came in on Thursday, I was very, very stressed, I found a spot right by the OVM display. Now, not part of it, but very close, the most glorious English bikes, and among them, a beautiful aluminium-coloured Norton Commando.
0: That's aluminium, darling.
1: Uh, no, it's not, darling. Anyway, um... <laughs> Like my Trident, I'm immediately drawn to it because there's so much machine work on it. And it's the details that draw you in. You've really got to look for them. I'm here with a builder. His name's Nathan. And he's very dappily dressed. Introduce yourself, Nathan. We want to know all about who you are.
22: Uh, Yes, so uh, my name is Nathan. Nathan Ackley. Uh, Some people out there might know me by another name. Uh, From Olympia, Washington. And I have built a Commando Cafe bike.
0: It's pretty rad. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's not painted. It's, it's a, like the raw metal. Yeah, just polished aluminum. I love that look.
22: And we had the frame powder coated uh, by our friends at a Capital Industrial in Olympia. And some of the welding was done by Ziegler's fabrication downtown Olympia as well. And the bike was built on commission for urban upholstery, also in Olympia. Uh, and the owner and his wife do fantastic furniture restorations. So what you see, the leather work on that motorcycle was done by the owner and his wife.
1: So, Nathan, you said you did it to a commission. Do you have your own shop in Olympia?
22: Uh, so I got Dad's Garage. Okay. Uh, best thing he ever did
1: for me was show me how to spin a wrench. Okay, nice. great. Yeah. That's fantastic. But we have a second guest with us. Because when I came up to you and said, Nathan, the, the machining on this bike is great. You said, you need to talk to my mentor. So, this is The Misfits. This is money, no object.
15: We're talking to your mentor, Patrick. Hi. Who are you? Hi, I'm I'm Patrick. I'm uh, just a motorcycle guy from up in Seattle.
1: <laughs> so, um, you ingratiated yourself to me greatly, Patrick, because you love
15: motorbuzzies, don't you? I, I do. Uh, I, I've tried to restrict myself to one one mark, so I always have the right parts. And, you know,
1: there's a lot to love in a motor Guzzi as well. But, so the commonality that binds you is this machine work that goes into the bikes. And that's really what I want to talk about. So, talk about some of the fasteners on that bike. And I want to kind of explore how you learn from Patrick as well. Yeah, I feel like...
22: So, I met Patrick when I was a teenager. So, that was... Twelve, almost 13 years ago. Okay. And he gave me a job back then, which by far the best job I've had in my life. So when I started riding motorcycles uh, about seven years ago, I knew he had a motorcycle. Right. So we got back in touch. And then the bike he built went to the One Show. Okay. So the night before the One Show, I'm in his garage doing all the polishing. Shiny, right. shiny,
15: shiny. Well, you know,
22: shiny
1: <laughs> brings home the bacon. It doesn't it's necessarily right. get you home, but it certainly draws the
15: eye. And I, this was your Moto Guzzi from seven years ago. Oh, uh, this, this was a bike I actually built for a friend. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I've, I've been into Moto Guzzi for about 30 years.
1: Fantastic. So. so, you do all your machining in-house. Do you have a lathe? Do you have a mill? Uh, I
22: actually... The Norton is a lot of catalog parts. Okay. Uh, there's, I did some very minimal fabrication, just, you know, cutter, drill press, bender. Um, the the thing was that bike was really oxidized.
0: love bikes.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Intermission.
8: We are, yeah. Guess Harley what, noises. guys?
1: <laughs> We're at a motorcycle show, so uh, 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 um, you're hearing motorcycles behind us.
22: Right. Uh, so I did a lot of polishing to restore the bike. Uh, and then New York's NYC Norton has, yes. has a fantastic option, parts for commandos. As does Colorado yes, Norton. Yes, Colorado
1: Norton works. And the thing I like the most about your bike is the cohesiveness with, it, with which it all comes together. You know, it's very, very easy to raid a parts catalogue, get these glorious-looking parts bolt them on the bike and pay no heed to how the finished product looks and oftentimes you can you can see a bike and when you look close up the details are superb and you step back and you think mm, that simply isn't right that's not the case with your bike it's a very cohesive design
22: and we wanted it to be a rider's motorcycle right so aside from the cafe aesthetic yes uh every part that we did pick out of that catalog i knew why it was going on there so stronger triple trees better fork springs yes redo the engine mounts so it doesn't wobble yes then you know electric starter the the clutch kits on there from colorado norton works it's belt driven it's got
1: everything all upgrades from stock but what we're going to go back to now is we had a little conversation before the mic was turned on and i want you to join in with this too please patrick about cafe racers and what it means to be a cafe racer. And Patrick said, and I quote, out of all the bikes in the show, I think that Norton is probably the closest to the purest interpretation of a cafe racer. And I'm inclined to agree. Now, does this bike have wrapped downpipes? No. Does this bike have a CX500 style gas tank? No. Does this bike have a brat style seat and a loop on the back of the frame? Well, technically it has a loop. Well, yes, (laughs) but it's the Norton loop. It's original. But I think the point I'm trying to make is these are the dog whistles for current Café Racer culture.
0: Does it have uh, cheap uh, (laughs) intakes? uh, The the pod filters? filters. Is that a pod filter? Uh, Well, then it's uh, not a real cafe
1: race. Steel dragon velocity (laughs)
0: stacks.
1: (laughs) But I think the definition, I think Patrick, you actually nailed it. It is a very, very close interpretation of what cafe racers were.
15: Um, Rather than custom parts that you've gotten from somebody else you often want to just take the stock part, change it to suit yourself and then make it as close as possible to appearing Ah. as if it were always that way. And
1: that's how it was done back in the day. Now, Liza's always very fond of telling me how old I am and I am 32. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? I'm 32 and holding, darling. The cafe racer culture had already come and gone when I was up and coming in the motorcycling world in the mid-70s but there were a couple of those guys left. But the commonality with us all, we didn't have sufficient money to buy hotshot accessories. So you modified what was on the bike for lightness, for aesthetic, and that's what your bike represents to me. It's modified, but it's modified in such a way that you could go back to the mid 70s, and I think your bike would fit right in. You
0: know, in, in, in fact, Emma's been riding so long she used to carve her wheels out of stone isn't that I true?
1: I did have wheels of stone <laughs> yes. and my commute was <laughs> past the dinosaur graveyard but it, it was a very very different scene back then and you know it's great now because we've all got a little bit more spending well, I, I, power
22: well, now that you, now that I know you've had stone wheels is your, is your
1: but also made of iron? I feel sometimes it is. I mean, only Eliza can really answer
10: that.
0: No, and, and I just want to say, too, uh, having seen the bike and having Emma point out the fact that we've come a long way from the original Cafe Racer. Yes. That to us is, is like church, you know? Like for me, going to the Ace Cafe and everything, to have a young person. Oh my God, that sounds good. To have that's a young person probably. who's so knowledgeable, and I have to say, is it due to Patrick? Did he teach you everything? Well,
22: Patrick had a background <laughs> in museum restorations. Okay. So he passed some of that on to me, and I took the ball and ran.
0: You've been I, trained well. I could... Well, he, off,
15: he, often it's, it's not necessarily training or explicit teaching. It's just saying, hey, um, like in a museum situation, yeah. let's do it this way. Right. No, not, not just do it this way. Here's why.
0: Yeah. Right. You know,
15: mm-hmm. this is this is how we present a best finished product.
0: I'm, I'm guessing this is why you wanted to pull him in. You did all the work, but you probably owe a lot of everything you know and, and learning how to do it. And to be able, as she's pointing out, to know what is the proper way to do it through Patrick. So, good, good job.
8: That's
1: the thing that appealed to me most about that commando build, is it draws you in. And the more you look, if you know, And that's the key. You've got to know the more you look at it, the more details you see. That's my kind of bike.
0: Yeah, you were pointing out the the nuts on there, just like the the headstock nut.
1: And just the finish on every Uh, nut, bolt, screw, clip is just superb. It's my kind of bike. And
0: you have a very high standard. Oh, God, yeah, I work to a very high standard. For you to find a bike that meets it, how shocked were you to find out it's a young man?
1: And so close by in this field. And I want to be absolutely clear. There are a lot of bikes here built to a very, very high standard.
0: But your standard is specific, and that's something that well, you are teaching details. us all it's about this detail. other, like, more layers deep. Yes. That's what it's about.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's a very, very nice bike indeed. I'm, I think it's just the greatest. And um,
0: the Triple Tree. Yes. You wanted to ask about the Triple Tree. Well, actually, it
1: is a it is a bought part, you said. Yeah, it's from
22: a- NYC Norton. Uh we bought their triple tree their engine breather kit. Yes. And then the uh, I think we, we also got their transmission uh, adjusters. Now if you
1: remember Backlizer last summer when we were at Laguna Seca for the armor races, mm-hmm. NYC Norton fielded a couple of really, really strong running bikes, which sounded epic. Do you remember them? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And these are CNC. It's like the, it's very, very much, clean it's
8: yeah. very clean you're, you're look.
1: beautiful but yeah. it's the cohesiveness that you're bolting all yeah. these parts yeah. together and you know like Patrick said when you're working in a museum environment it is very different I've built a couple of museum bikes and actually running and functionality is not high on the list it's all about the finish
0: yeah well good so uh, we'll have to go see what's else in there the thing I love them and I'm glad you talked to them because there's hundreds of bikes here. Every one of them has a story.
11: Oh, yeah.
0: And I, it's so great to find out some of these but, stories.
1: But this is what makes a show like this so good. It's the people behind the bikes. I've maintained from day one, and I've never changed from that. As much as we love bikes, they're just inanimate objects. Until you introduce the human element into them, they don't come to life. And so interviewing the builders really completes yeah. the picture.
0: Well, I hope you win an award, It really, especially now that Emma's pointed it out. Sounds worthy of it. I think so. All right. Thanks well, for a great evening. Thank interview. you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It was thank an you.
15: honor. Also online. And actually, well,
5: no, seats. you wrote up
18: on this one at the garage,
16: I think. Yeah, yeah. Go check out the seat. Close. It's majestic. Shit. It's a celebration <laughs> of the race. It so
8: Wow.
18: This puts sit on my face in a whole new lens. Yeah, you should have
16: seen the old one. It was just straight-up big-ass face. It's amazing. This thing opens up, too.
0: All right, Emma. Hello. It's your turn. Okay. I I saved the best for last. Not
1: necessarily. Mine are quite unusual.
0: All right, I asked you to pick three bikes. Yes. Are you ready for this? Yes. First bike, the bike you want to throw a leg over and ride. What is it? It's quite
1: an unusual bike. I'm absolutely captivated by that Hercules W2000, the rotary.
0: The Winkle. Yes. That's what Bagel chose too. What a wild bike. And they're
1: just... They're so peculiar. That's the one
0: to ride. That's a good one. That's great. All right. The next bike. Sexiest bike. The one that gives you all the tingles. Oh my God. It's hard.
1: There's so many beautiful bikes. But from a standpoint of just a drop dead gorgeous bike. There's a green Harley Davidson chopper which is number 184. It's just the, I think the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. The frame is this pastel pale green. It's got dark green metal flake on the tank. Every finish is just perfection. I want to fuck it so bad in a <laughs> motosexual way. It's, it, it's a masterpiece.
0: You have to take me there to show it to me after I this. will. All right, lastly, what bike do you want to gift to another misfit and why?
1: Okay, so the bike I would love anybody to experience is number 79, which is a Yamaha TDR250.
8: <laughs>
1: and the TDR250 was an interesting bike. It was a small capacity adventure bike, before they were invented, and it had a slightly smaller capacity, but not really smaller in power, RZ350 engine. And there are not enough people in the world left who remember what it was like to ride a high performance two stroke on the street. And I want that experience for all my friends, (laughs) because it's just a riot. All
0: right, so you're choosing to give it to the garage so we can all take turns. Absolutely.
1: We can all take turns riding a quick, agile two-stroke on the streets, and getting into the power band, and pulling wheelies, and behaving extremely badly. And that's my gift to the misfits.
0: Got it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, man, this has been a great time here at The One Show. So many interviews, so many people we've met, um, just having so much fun. But one of the coolest things has been all the listeners who've stopped by to see us. In fact, I cannot even get any of my misfits gathered around the mic because they are all talking to people. Yes. So instead, I got some, I got some fill-in misfits <laughs> to help me. All right, let's say who you are. Devin. Hey, Devin.
12: <laughs> Tiffany. Melissa.
0: Justin. All right. You guys, all first-timers here. You guys have been here before. Um, What did you think of the show? Are you coming back next year? What do you think?
21: I loved it. Uh, I loved the Stunt Bites, and I'm definitely coming next year.
18: So much better than last year. Thank God for the end of the pandemic.
12: (laughs) Yes, I agree. And, yes, well, I'll be back.
21: Great show. I'm local. I'll be back every year, so...
0: All right. And now, who's your favorite misfit?
12: <laughs> uh,
0: Liza, of course. <laughs> uh, Mr. Stumpy, of course. Uh, it's Liza. Huh? Oh, yes. there you go. Of course it is. On the spot. Hey, thank you everyone for listening. And thank you guys for coming and being a part hanging out. Everyone's been hanging out in the lounge and having a good time. Did you get a banana? Yep. <laughs>
21: it's delicious,
0: by the way. <laughs> Night bananas, the cookies. Good times. No, this is something that I love about it. Um, You guys, you know, listeners, but you're one of us too. Mrs. Stumpy, you've never really officially been on this show, have you? The one time I think you sat in? Did you? No, you haven't. But everyone is a misfit. And that's the thing I love about this place too, is we all have the same passion for bikes, for all things motorcycles. Um, so big thanks to all you guys for coming out and saying hi wearing your t-shirt right on dude
8: Um,
0: if you listen to the show you know how the end goes so let's see if you can do this you know where we're going with this okay let's see you guys have no idea we just got you right. yeah you figure it out so thanks everyone for listening I really appreciate it I think it's time to get out of here I'm Justin Melissa Tiffany. Devin. And we're out of here. Cool, cool.